0: Hi there, welcome to Career Talks powered by Airswift. I'm Juliana Notar and this is a podcast about career development and how to be the right person at the right time. In this first episode, we'll share a conversation about CV writing tips hosted by our oil and gas recruitment manager in Australia, Zoe Brooks. She had a Q&A session with two talent acquisition experts, Matthew Ball, talent advisor at Water Corporation, and Brad Watts, HS team lead for DNC Logistics at Woodside Energy. Enjoy.
1: As a recruiter a recruitment company, we obviously view and see a lot of CVs, um, so I'm just going to talk you through some, some, some tips and some trips in terms of how to make sure that your CV is, is pretty polished, and as Brian mentioned, we've got a couple of guest speakers on the call as well who are going to answer some questions about, about how they view CVs as line managers and as people that also view CVs on a day-to-day basis. So, without further ado... So, just a couple of um, tips there. So, in Australia, the words resume and CV are used interchangeably. Now, this depends on where you live. So, some countries will only use the word resume, some countries will use CV, and it can be quite confusing. However, CVs are typically longer and list your full work history. So, CVs will normally be two, three, four pages long. Resumes are typically shorter in length and will be a summary, so a real snapshot of your experience. So that's just a little tip if anyone didn't know that, um, just in terms of how it how it kind of comes across and CVs and resumes. Now, also the typical time that recruiters and line managers spend scanning a CV or resume um, is known to be between five and seven seconds only. So when we first see that, it's a very quick snapshot. So it does need to catch the eye, it does need to be something that you're gonna to want to keep reading. Keep looking at and just need to be eye-catching.
0: So to ensure
1: that your CV and resume stands out, we've got a couple of recommended structures uh, and tips. So, first of all, starting with your name, address, and contact details. Now, this might seem really obvious, but we do receive some CVs without any contact details on them, which will obviously, you know, we can go out hunting for you on LinkedIn and things, but if there's no contact details, most recruiters and line managers won't take it any further. If those contact details aren't correct, if the phone number's too short, we sometimes see it with um, details not being accurate, um, then that, that can obviously hinder anyone being able to contact you putting your address on there as well. So some people choose not to put their address on there and that's perfectly fine. But what I would definitely recommend is you at least put the town or the state where you live just to make sure that we know that you're in in Perth, if it's Perth, or Brisbane, etc. So introduce yourself professionally. So again, may seem like an obvious one, but really kind of introducing yourself straight off the forefront in terms of this is who I am, this is what I do. And I'm going to show you some examples that You know, if you're a HSE advisor within construction, make sure that's really clear straight away on your CV, because that's what people want to see straight away. They want to know what you do. Summarize your skills. And again, I'm going to go through um, a couple of examples of this in terms of how to really summarize your skills. Highlight really relevant experience. So again, this is gonna be something that we're really gonna touch on in this webinar in terms of making sure that your CV is or resume is relevant for the role that you're applying for and that it's relevant for the sector or the industry that you're applying for as well. Shout out about your achievements. So um, again, lots of people don't like to shout out about their achievements either on the CV resume or in interviews, but it really is important. If you've done something and you've achieved something, Um, within your sector, definitely put it on your CV and resume. And again, I'll go into that in a bit more detail. And list any training, education and courses. So for some specific roles, um, you you, you may need a degree, you may not, you may need certain courses, first aid, you might need certain tickets. um, So if you have them, please make sure they are on your CV and your resume, because again, that could be a game changer for the recruiter or line manager if that's an absolute necessity of the role and mention any interests and hobbies so again this is an optional one and I'll go into that in a little bit more detail but this is a personal choice some people put their hobbies and interests on their CV sometimes they're quite quirky uh, which can be a good thing and a bad thing (laughs) Um, but it really is an optional thing it's not really what the recruiter's looking for in terms of when they look at your resume and CV you know they want to know about your professional experience but you know it's not going to do any harm for them to know a little bit more about you personally as well I guess. Now, this is something that Air Swift has put um, out there um, for resume tips for engineers. Now, again, this this will apply to every skill set. So it's not specifically for engineers. This was tailored for engineers, um, but this would apply to everybody. So I've included it on this webinar because there's really good tips on here. So first of all, and again, apologies for speaking too quickly. I'll try and slow it down. <laughs> and this has been recorded, so we can send it to you afterwards. But first, please do use a reverse chronological order to present your employment history. So make sure that your most recent job is first. So again, on CVs sometimes people start from the beginning and then list the job and their most current one is at the end. It needs to be the other way around. So most current role, if you're still there, put, to the present. put an end date. If you have finished, make sure you've put an end date and make sure that's the first one there explain any gaps in your employment history so lots of people take career breaks go off and have children go traveling that's all absolutely fine but please do mention it on your resume or your cv because otherwise a gap in employment will ask will make the employer question what, what's been going on in that time again if you've been out of work through no fault of your own due to the covid that's absolutely fine just make sure you mention that again on your cv Objective statement again, now this really more so on a resume, so if you've just got a one page snapshot, you don't really want to go too much into your objective statement, which is more about this is what I want to do. This is my career goals. It's more about what you've done and how you tailor for that role. So again, that's personal preference. Some people like to put this is what I want. You know, I want to achieve. You can put that on there, but it's not necessarily. Um, it does not necessarily for a resume. So soft skills often sound like meaningless buzzwords. I'll go into this more again in a second, but avoid listing these skills as will already be demonstrated in your achievements and I'll give an example of that. Break down big blocks of text and long sentences into bullet points. This is really, really important. So, not in any way saying that recruiters, um, internal recruiters or line managers are anyway lazy, but when, you, when you're when you reading something, it's a lot easier to read it in bullet points. and It's more eye-catching than reading long sentences. It just makes it a lot easier, user-friendly to read. So I definitely recommend that you put bullet points rather than sentences. Make sure your formatting is simple and consistent. Um, so for example, if you bold one job title, make sure you bold all of them. If you've used one font for your summary, use the same font. Same uh, wording, everything like that throughout the whole CV. So it looks, or resume, so it looks really polished. Tailor your resume to the advertised criteria or job description. So again, don't lie or exaggerate your experience or skills. It will come out in the interview or it will come out at some point, and you don't want to be highlighting things that you can't do definitely tailor it to the job. So really look at the job description. Most companies do have job descriptions. Um, Sometimes we don't if it's a a very quick kind of contract role and we might only have a snapshot, but most times there is a JD that you can read and tailor your resume or CV towards that. Um, List any relevant computer software skills. So if you're not an Excel expert, I'm definitely not. I would definitely not be putting that on my CV. If you're if you're very, very strong in certain areas, AutoCAD or certain areas like that, definitely do highlight that on your CV. Everything's online these days and computer skills are really important in most roles. So do make sure that you are highlighting if you're an expert or have got very strong skills in those areas. relevant qualifications and ensure you can provide evidence if required so again if you've got a degree or you've got a master's or you've got any qualifications make sure they're on there but again don't fabricate those because if if background checks are done then you you know that will come out list the projects you worked on and use bullet points to explain your responsibilities um, and list projects that are relevant to the job that you're applying for so if you've worked on a recent project with a company and you know, you're going on to another, and it's a similar project. Make sure you highlight that to really show the employer that you know you've got that transferable work there. Sound credible by providing evidence of your knowledge and skills. So just put that, only list hobbies if they're professionally relevant. So again, we just mentioned that, and and you know, personal preference. You know, some people put that they you know they play golf or they read, etc. Nothing wrong with that. But if you've got uh, um, any hobbies that are professionally relevant to what you do. Um, then certainly do put that on there because it will add more credibility to you as well. Limit the use of company-specific jargon and acronyms. So again, this is something we see a lot in CVs. There'll be a lot of acronyms and jargon that won't are understandable for that particular person or the company they last worked for. But other companies use lots of different acronyms and jargon, so try and avoid that if you can, um, just to make sure people aren't questioning what, what's on there. Make sure that your resume um, is um, has no spelling or grammatical errors. So double check uh, and ask someone else to check as well. So again, you want to make it look like a polished document. Whether it's a resume or a CV, it's got to look like you've spent time on it, you've invested in it, and that's showcasing you. So no spelling mistakes. And less is more. So your resume is like the blurb of a book. So it should be a short promotional um, place to help you secure an interview. So if it's a resume, a one pager then make sure it's really, really eye catching. Similar if it's a CV, two or three pages, make sure that each page is eye catching and relevant. So just going on a little bit more on that. So there's a few words and phrases that you should leave off your CV or resume um, as they don't add any differentiating information. Now, as recruiters, we see these words all the time on CVs and resumes. So Employers really do expect these skills, regardless of what you do in any industry. Employers will expect you to be hardworking, self-motivated. Everyone wants a team player, reliable and trustworthy are really a given. So, I would avoid putting those on your CV or resume, as it's it's they're kind of seen as buzzwords that are there to kind of fluff out a CV or resume that aren't necessarily required for that specific job. They're just generic things that we double expect <coughs> everyone to have. Instead, try and provide specific examples, so I established a monthly workshop that led to increased team collaboration, which resulted in three completed projects in the past quarter. That's a specific eye-catching example, which is going to say to the employer or recruiter, this person has, has achieved something and this is what they've done. Uh, Now, just to talk in terms of an example, so here's an example resume. Okay, so this is a one pager. So as you see, this chap here's got a picture on the top of his CV. Um, We're going to ask our guest speakers what their view is on on pictures, but again, personal preference. Um, Contact details down the side there, clearly laid out in bold, with a LinkedIn profile. I'm going to talk about LinkedIn as well a bit later. Very important to have that. Professional experience um, on the side there, and then references available on request. Now. With references, some people do prefer to put their references, some people put available on request. We understand it's not always possible to put references on the CV, mainly because people are applying for a job and their current employer doesn't know, so they don't want them contracted, <laughs> which I totally understand. However, if you can put references on your CV, I would definitely recommend it, not only because it looks very credible, but also if because... Perth especially is such a small place. It may well be that the references on your CV are known to the line manager, employer, recruiter. They might know those people, so they might be able to reach out and ask, you know, in an informal way, a little bit about you um, if they're present on your CV, but totally understandable if you can't. This person's there, put their job title under their name. Um, they put a profile, so a quick snapshot. Again, this can be in sentences. This doesn't need to be bullet points as long as it's short. They so don't put a really big profile and then their career as said in chronological order and they've got their their um company name and what they've been doing there with a short synopsis they've then got their skills and then their academic achievements at the bottom so that's that's a basic example of of a resume a different kind of resume here so as you see with this one um they've got their job title in the bold at the top so their name would be underneath in much smaller font and they're really highlighting that they are an account manager so if you're applying for account manager role immediately that's going to stand out and that this person is exactly doing you know that that kind of role they've then used some jazzy font again completely um you know completely fine to do that the contact details are all on there which is great um some bullet point synopsis professional experience education key skills the difference with this one Is that on the bottom right there, this person has listed their awards, so achievements. So Outstanding Achievement Award 2017, Employee of the Month. Those things are fantastic to add to any resume or CV, because it will show that you've actually really achieved something in your role. And that could be anything. That could be, um, you know, any kind of achievements. And, you know, one or two is absolutely fine. But we definitely recommend that you do that. Now, this one, apologies, it's quite hard to read. It's quite hard to format these ones, but this is an example of a CV. So a CV would normally be two, three pages formats. Okay. So some people will write a nine page CV and totally understand it's hard to get 20 years of experience into a couple of pages. Totally get that. But it's 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 going to it's not going to engage the reader if it's really, really long. Most most companies, employers, recruiters won't keep reading a CV for nine pages. So it's best to try and keep it short. And it's best to put things, make sure you highlight your uh, job title, what you've done, and any bullet points key aspects of your CV and make sure it's on there. Education's absolutely vital if it's required. Again, this person's put full references on the bottom right of their CV. And again, that just as you can see, that just looks great. It, we've got email addresses, phone numbers for those references. So quickly, then as an employer, I can contact those people. Um, you know speak to them I might again I might know them um, and that CV is is a good layout we have got some really good examples of AirSwift formatted CVs um, and if anybody does want that please do drop me an email after this webinar or Alexis and I'll happily send you over some examples of some formatted CVs which we use to send to employers and that'll give you an example of how to format your CV so OK, without further ado, that's enough talking for me, so I'm now going to introduce um, a chap called Matthew Ball um, and ask him to introduce himself, and then we're going to run through a few questions. So Matt, hopefully you're on the line.
2: Hi, am. how are you?
1: Yes, fine, thank you. How are you?
2: Yeah, good. Can you hear me OK?
1: Certainly can. Can you just introduce yourself, Matt, and, and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, of course. So my name is uh, my name is Matt uh, Matthew Ball. So I'm a talent acquisition advisor for the Water Corporation. Um, I joined the, the company back in um, January, so just under six months. Um, my first actual role in Australia. If you can't tell from my accent, I am from the UK. Um, so I've been in recruitment now for nearly nine years. Um, started off with all my experience prior to has been in the UK. Got off an agency for a couple of years, hiring a lot of contractors into banks, specifically with IT. Um, and then about five years ago, I moved into my first sort of internal in-house role, um, hiring directly for the company itself.
1: Fantastic. OK, so in terms of when you're you're looking at CVs and reviewing CVs then, so we can just run through a few questions here. And again, if you have uh, listeners, if you have got any questions for Matt, I'll ask you to, to direct them to me after the webinar and then we can take it on from there. But Matt, from your experience, then um, both externally and internally, would you recommend a cover letter, and if so, what should it include?
2: This is an interesting question because I think, depending on the application process, depending on the company, some do require you to complete one, um, and there are there are some processes that won't let you submit an application unless a cover a cover uh, letter is included. But if you if the application process doesn't require one, I personally wouldn't recommend one. You know it is a great tool to highlight your key skills and experiences for this role you're applying for but really the CV should be doing that for you um, and you should always sort of take the approach that you should tailor your CV for the specific role that you're applying for and in I guess in the grander scheme of things it's very unlikely that the hiring manager themselves are going to be looking at the covering letter they're going to be looking at the CV itself help. they are quite pressed for time so having to read an extra document as well isn't going to help, help. Um the only time i'd really recommend one is if you're speculatively sending your cv to directly to a hiring manager so if you're sort of sending your cv to someone you may know to contact i'd always i personally would include one but keep it short keep it concise and really sell yourself
1: okay and i would definitely second that
2: uh, now then would you advise
1: to add a picture on the cv map
2: again this is this is personal uh, again personal choice i've seen kind of equal maps cvs where some people have included one and some people haven't you know it's at the end of the day, completely up to you. Um, if you haven't already got one, don't feel really need to go and r- r- rush out and put a new one on. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's nice to put a name to a face, especially, you know, a lot of our jobs are very phone-based. We sometimes don't always see the candidates that we're speaking to. Um, and it can, you know, sometimes a little bit more welcoming, you know, if you've got a LinkedIn profile, most LinkedIn profiles have a, have a picture, and it's always nice to know who you're speaking to. Um, but my advice is always keep it professional, remember it's not Facebook, it's not it's not Instagram or any other social media platform, it is a professional document, so always keep your photo professional.
1: Fantastic, thank you. And how many pages um, should a CV ideally be in your
2: opinion? Yeah, so generally the common rule of thumb is, as you've mentioned um, in, in this presentation before, there should be no more than two to four pages. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's as long as it needs to be. You know, generally, it can be very hard to cram everything into just a few pages, you know, especially if you've been contracting or really want to highlight your, your key skills for the role that you're applying for. But I think, you know, try and keep it punchy and capture, you know, the recruiter and manager's attention as quickly as possible within, ideally, you, you know, you're opening a few sentences and paragraphs. As you said, if it's too long and when it's not grabbing our attention, we're not going to read on. Um, and I have seen CVs in the past where people have included things like project plans they've worked on, which is great, but it's added an extra page onto the CV and we're really not going to read them. So um, try and keep it in two to four as best you can.
1: Perfect. Thank you. And what key points are you looking for as an employer on a CV or resume?
2: Yeah, so I think a key thing to remember here is that you know, ultimately the hiring manager may know what you already do. Um, so sometimes kind of you know a list of just key responsibilities may not show them anything new or differentiate yourself from another applicant that they're reviewing. Um, you know we want to see examples of tangible achievements. you know what problems you can solve, improvements you've made, um successes or key learns, but always you know back up with evidence um it's very easy easy to say that you've achieved something without telling us what that is. Um, and figures and benefits can go a long way. So, for example, you know I saved the company twenty thousand dollars by implementing a new system or I simplified the process so we could achieve the results in half the time.
1: Perfect. OK, and should education be at the top or the bottom
2: or does it matter? Again, it's personal choice. I think sometimes, it, you know, if the qualification isn't relevant to the role, it, it, you know, it's best placed at the bottom because you're, you're, if you put it at the top and the qualification isn't relevant, you could be, you know, using up valuable space. Yeah, um, and may detract kind of from what we're reading. So unless the unless the role specifically requests a qualification, then maybe include that in your opening summary. You know, for example, if if you're you know hiring a project manager and they need to be Prince Two qualified, you know you could always put in your opening sentence, "I'm a Prince Two qualified project manager," and bang, it's there. Rather than you know leaving it sort of further down the page.
1: Perfect. Okay. Fantastic. And should references be included?
2: Again, a lot of these I keep saying first um, I personally wouldn't include them, but you know, if you have, you have. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally put you know my CVs uh, references upon request. You know, references are usually only needed at interview and offer stage, mm-hmm. and not really needed beforehand. Um, and really, the recruiter should be making sure that you're comfortable with us reaching out to the to the to the referee. Um, the only bit of advice I, was, I would give is just make sure the references is aware that someone may reach out to them. I've had a few sure. group of conversations where people didn't know I had to reach out to them. Um, right. So it's always good for, for, the, for the person to let them know. Um, and also just keep them up to date. You know, there's nothing sort of worth having to try and taste down references from someone and the contact details were wrong. You've got to keep going back to get yeah. more information. Um, so, again, yeah, completely up to you.
1: Perfect, Okay, and should age, ethnicity and and your sex be included on your CV?
2: Bit of a hot topic, this one. I would say no. Um, These aren't aren't needed, and it's encouraged that people do leave them out, and there are, you know, discrimination laws that protect, you know, people from that kind of thing as well. At the end of the day, day, you know, when we're looking at CVs, we're simply looking at your skills and experiences and how they relate to the job that you've applied for, and that is the key information that we need. Sure,
1: Okay. And any red flags that you normally see on, on CVs or
2: resumes, anything you'd say definitely don't put on there. Yeah, I mean there's, there's I mean there's, there's quite a few, but I guess some of my, my top ones that I've included and in some of these uh, you've already mentioned actually, but one of the biggest is just for is you know poor formatting, um, and that includes grammar and spelling. So CVs written in block text, making it really hard to read, different fonts. You've got to remember that a CV is a sales document, it's selling you as an individual to a potential employer, so it needs to be polished. Um, unexplained gaps, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, people have time off between roles for, for many reasons, you know, you know family, travelling, you know, personal commitment, you know, if you have a gap of maybe a month or so, we're very likely we're going to question it, but if you have gaps of maybe four to six months plus, you know, avoid the recruiter having to ask you because it's likely the hiring manager is going to ask us why there's a gap. Um, so simply, you know, you know, simply put something down, simply, you know, be travelling, family commitments, caring for a relative, etc. Um, And the final thing as well, I think is, you know, lack of achievements or successes, Um, you know, don't just tell us what you've done, tell us what value you can bring and how you can make a difference in your next role. You know, uh, a recruiter and a hiring manager, we receive multiple CVs, especially at the moment. Um, And, you know, if if every CV is just telling us the same thing and just repeating a job description, you're not going to stand out from the crowd. Um, But just remember any achievements, you do put, just back that with, with evidence and examples
1: fantastic thank you Um any buzzwords that you should avoid we, we mentioned a couple earlier is there any more that you think you should avoid on a cv
2: yeah i think the, the way that i the way that i sort of look at this and again you know recruiters can differ it's not so much about the word it's how you actually use it um so when you use words in your cv like passionate as mentioned team player attention detail dynamic communicator you know these words lose all value and basically become invisible if you don't provide evident examples to back them up and a lot of CVs use the, the same words so sometimes we see you know 100 times in the yeah. amount of CVs that we, that we get um, but I think just using examples can sometimes turn those into great words you know if you're a good communicator tell us why you're a good communicator or yeah. tell us why you work well on team you know like the example you gave earlier and then it can become a good word
1: sure okay fantastic and just lastly what makes a CV stand out for you
2: yeah I think again some of these always sort of alluded to, but I think definitely having a CV that's polished and nicely formatted, you know, front load your CV with achievements, successes, key learns, really sort of capture, you know, ours and and the hiring manager's attention. Um, Don't, for example, put your key achievements on on page three, you know, include them for every job that you've done. Um, And don't, as I've mentioned, don't just list your key duties. That's what a job description is for. Um, and the hiring manager may already have a fairly good idea of what you do and would be doing in the in the role. Um, so again, mention those those achievements. Um, and again, something you mentioned earlier is um, include a call for action. So, you know, if you've got a good CV, we want to contact you. Um, you'd be surprised how many people forget to add contact details, which may sound really simple, but you'd be surprised. I've seen two this morning already.
1: Okay. Um,
2: and just check those. Check those details, even something simple as a, as a digit missing on the on the phone, the wrong, or the phone number, or the wrong digit. It's always really awkward having to frankly to email someone to get the number because the number they've given you was wrong. And it's yeah. quite awkward having to point out their mistake. Um, so just make sure, it, yeah, it's completely, you sort of just give it a, a double read.
1: Fantastic. OK, lovely. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Really appreciate your input there.
2: No problem. Thank you very much.
1: Excellent. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Okay, next we have a Q&A with the chap, uh, Brad Watts. So, Brad, are you on the line? I yeah. am. You are, yeah. Okay, Brad, could you just introduce yourself to our listeners?
3: Yeah, hi, team. Uh, my name's Brad Watts. I'm the HS team lead for d Logistics and Subsea Pipeline at Woodside.
1: Fantastic. Okay, and if we can just go through the same uh, questions with yourself, Brad. So, working as a, as a line manager within those areas, you obviously cover a few different areas there as a, as a sort of line manager. Um, would you recommend a cover letter?
3: On a, a CV? Yeah, absolutely. I think it um, is an easy opportunity to address who you are and, and has been previously mentioned, uh, any any gaps in your resume, any particular key achievements, you know, one or two key achievements that address the the criteria we're looking for in the uh, offer.
1: Okay. Okay. And um, would you, rec- oh, sorry, that's come up twice there. Uh, would you advise to add a picture onto the CV at all?
3: Uh, look, I'm probably sitting on the fence there. I think sometimes it's helpful, and and perhaps other times it's not. But uh, most of the time, I'd say put a picture on. We get to see who we're looking at, and uh, yeah, I, I probably uh, again I'm fence sitting on that one.
1: Okay, no problem. And um, in your opinion, there, how many how many pages would a CV ideally be?
3: Just to agree with uh, everything that's been previously mentioned as well, Zoe, uh, two yeah. pages is more than enough. So. I think if you have your your most previous role and listing out your key achievements and what you've uh, conducted there and then the, the remainder even if you've got 20 years of experience being able to quickly look through just one or two lines on each of those previous roles is enough to give you an idea of who the person is and and their level of experience you don't need to see the job uh, description for each role fantastic
1: okay and what key points are you looking for as an employer
3: that uh, the person's addressed the criteria that they, they're competent and skilled to, to perform the role or have the potential to perform the role that, that we're looking for. So um, the, I think the key point for me is when looking through quickly through resumes, as you said, the quick scan is have they addressed the selection criteria that we've put up and uh, and does their experience match what we're looking for?
1: Okay. And should education be be at the top or the bottom? Do you have any preference?
3: Uh, probably at the bottom for myself, it's uh, I, the types of roles we're looking for who uh, need a level of education, of course, it's almost a ticket to ride for most roles, uh, but I, I would put it at the bottom uh, for for myself and being that I'm more interested in their experience than their education.
1: Cool, so for more sort of HSC roles, again, it might not be as relevant as well in terms of what their, um, what their kind of educational background might be, um, degree, etc. Yeah.
3: Yeah, in some in some there is, and yep. in others it's probably less important. Sure.
1: Okay. And references, where do you sit on that one, Brad?
3: Uh, I think the ability to give references. I agree, it's often difficult to um, list them, particularly when you are working for a company already. But um, a, a red flag for me is if, if I can't get a reference from the most previous company they left. So, uh, yep. included or not, definitely the ability to talk to your most previous employer is uh, is important.
1: Fantastic. Okay, absolutely. And um, in terms of age ethnicity, um, sex on a CV, would you encourage that or not, Brad?
3: No, I'd leave. I'd leave it all out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all on the same page on that one. And any red flags that you see on a CV?
3: So gaps, gaps in employment, which you've obviously already addressed. If uh, if they're not able to be addressed in either the cover letter or a discussion, um, that is always a concern. Also. lots and lots of courses people who do lots of you know, probably too much uh, on on courses and less on experience okay and also just two types of courses so if they're relevant to the role that they're applying for or if they're just a shotgun of their, their work experience in, in the past i think um yeah that, that's a bit of a red flag for me okay
1: mm-hmm. good to know um any buzzwords that you would avoid on a cv
3: uh look i think all cvs have buzzwords um they don't They don't particularly upset me or or create any need to avoid them. I think they're a part of every resume and CV, but um, no, no, I wouldn't avoid any in particular. Okay,
1: perfect. And just lastly then, what would make a CV stand out for you? So what would make you look at a CV and think, I want to see more about this person?
3: Uh, That they understand the topic and the the role that they've applied for. So, quite often we see resumes come across the line, they they don't have the experience, and and then in turn, they don't understand some of the selection criteria. So, I I specifically look for um, good understanding and good knowledge and and good experience in implementing um, processes and and procedures. Again, the job description or the paragraph of their most previous role shouldn't be literally just a description of their duties and responsibilities, but what they achieved. One's roles coming out or really made a change in, in one of their previous roles, that, that person definitely stands out to me.
1: Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you so much for that, Brad. Really appreciate your time this morning.
3: Thanks, Zoe. Have a good day.
1: Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay, so next we're just going to talk a little bit about your LinkedIn profile. So away from the, the CV or the resume here, your LinkedIn profile, it really is a fantastic way of showcasing your abilities to recruiters interim recruiters line managers pretty much most people are on linkedin these days and it's a great professional website as as a way of really showcasing who you are to people that may not have your your cv or resume so just to give you a bit of a few tips on linkedin um so what we would um certainly suggest is that you select a suitable profile picture and background for your profile so i've taken one here from one of my colleagues over in america um, and what we would say in terms of your um, profile picture, make sure it's polished, business-like. You're wearing business attire, hair's neat and tidy. Um, you know, just just very professional on there. This is a professional um, website. It's not it's not Facebook or or Instagram. It's it's very much a professional showcase. And then in the in the picture there, the, the kind of cover picture, again, make that relevant to either the company that you work for, or if you are trying to advertise yourself, maybe put something on there that's relevant to your experience. So if you work in 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 hse you could put something relevant to that if you were if you're oil and gas focused you could put a nice fancy rig or just something on there to really showcase your experience and the background that that you do would be would be great if not it's absolutely fine as well to to leave that kind of blank but make sure that your profile picture is um, a professional picture with your linkedin profile um, so updating your location, um, and sorry, just going back onto the, the picture there. Some people do have pictures of their kind of family as well on LinkedIn. I'm not certainly not saying there's anything wrong with that. um but we would we would encourage you to have a more professional picture on your specific LinkedIn. So enhancing LinkedIn profile, so updating your location. um so having your accurate location make your profile searchable for recruiters. So, A lot of the time, recruiters like myself will use LinkedIn recruiter, uh, which is a specific tool available to us where we can search for a specific job title in a specific area. So if you don't have to put, you certainly don't put your address on there, but if you can just put Perth or Queensland anywhere else in your, on your LinkedIn profile, it means when we're searching, you will come up in those areas that we're searching for in location. At the moment with border issues, that's really, really important that if you are based here in WA that you you, um, you highlight that. So um, people that wanting to connect and network as well, may want to, you know, some people come into, into Perth and they're, they're new to the workforce, they want to connect with other people in this industry or in similar industries, and it e- makes it easier to find if you put your location on there. Adding contact information. Um, again, you don't need to put your phone number or anything on there, but if you do put your email address in your contact information, um, phone number is ideal, but if you don't want to put that, if you just put your email address, it means that recruiters like myself can make contact with you um, and we can contact you easily and quickly if we do want to put you about a job. LinkedIn also allows you to set up your profile status to open to new opportunities, and I'll, I'll show you how to do that in a sec. But if you put that on your LinkedIn profile, it means that recruiters, again, like myself, for employers will know that you're open to opportunities and you're, you're happy to have a chat. Write your job description uh, duties uh, in a very detailed way for each experience. So writing your job duties for each experience helps recruiters and other professionals know exactly what you're aligned for. So again, it just means that without seeing your resume or your CV, we can see straight away what you've been doing, which companies you've been working for, uh, and what your background is. So creating a customized URL, so um, making a customized URL is easy for people to find you. Um, So again, it just shows there how to do that, and I will send this out after for anyone that wants to do that and just just really kind of edit that and make it your own. Writing a summary is a good way to showcase your experience. So highlight your skills and, 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 and why they matter. Make it personable and attractive. So again, use LinkedIn as a way of marketing yourself. Use it as a way of showcasing your skills and experience. Listing relevant skills um, again is a quick way for p- people to just list what they can do and it'll show people what you can do before seeing your CV and resume. And connect with your team members. So this is really important as well. So certainly if you work for a, a you know an organization, certainly connect with other people within your organization. They will be able to then introduce you to other contacts and it goes from there. So it's a great social networking. Professional networking website. In terms of, you can find lots of different contacts through LinkedIn. The more people you connect with, the better. Um, the more, you know, the more people within your organisation you connect with, the better. And it just means that you can you can then network via LinkedIn um, if you if you are on the, the search for a new role. So, in terms of um, LinkedIn, so sharing relevant information on your feed. So again, share relevant information. A few people do use linkedin a bit like facebook these days they will put some controversial things on there um we would really recommend that it certainly does make you stand out but not always for the right reasons <laughs> um so we certainly share relevant information on your feed you know put blogs on there put information on there about what you do um I've, you know i've got a really good contact who again is a hsc professional and and just is constantly putting on information about relevant hsc information relevant courses relevant roles you know always on his linkedin profile and it does just you know you start to know who that person is and what they're about upload a word doc or pdf format of your resume on linkedin so this is really, again really easy to do so you can upload a document easily on your profile and have it right there so again rather than going searching for your cv on other sites if your linkedin profile has got your cv on and you're happy for anyone in your network to see that then then make sure it's on there. But again, make sure the CV and resume is is, you know, grammatically correct and all that kind of stuff, because that's the first thing that everyone will look at. And always put the correct job title on your professional experience. So sometimes there'll be a, a blurb about what you've done with no job title. Um, the job title is the first thing that we all look for, so make sure that the correct job titles are on your LinkedIn profile. And in terms of open job opportunities, so you you basically you can control who sees this. I'll show that um, afterwards to anyone who's interested in wanting to know how to show that you're open to opportunities. It's literally a click down button on LinkedIn. Happy to run through that with you and how to do that. So the next steps is we, the next webinar we'll be doing will be how to ace an interview. Um, So really we've gone through there in terms of CV, resume, we've asked a couple of people how you know how they really view, and there's some common themes hopefully that came out of that and some key takeaways. Um, so making sure that your CV and resume is relevant, correct, up to date, spelled correctly. Your all your experience is is on there. Um, it's attractive to the viewer. Your skills and achievements are on there. Your education's on there if necessary. Cover letter if it's required for the role. If it's not required for the role, not ne- not necessary. Um, and Yeah, hopefully you've taken some key key steps away from that. And again, I'm happy to chat to anyone after the webinar um, about more in terms of LinkedIn profile and CVs and resumes and send some examples.
0: Thank you for listening to our first career talk powered by AirSwift. We are a global workforce solutions provider for technical industries. For more information, please access airswift.com. And connect with us on LinkedIn and check out our updates. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Until next time.